Welcome to This Week in Astrology. This is episode number 372 for the week of July 14, 2014. This Week in Astrology is the free podcast that deepens your astrological wisdom. We always start with the coming week's astrological forecast and regularly feature listener emails, recorded listener consultations, and interviews with other astrologers. Make This Week in Astrology a regular part of your astrological education. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Benjamin Bernstein, broadcasting from the virtual location of thisweekinastrology.com and the physical location of Asheville, North Carolina. First, as you're probably already noticing, my voice is sounding a little different than usual. I do have a broken tooth, and it has been kind of tearing my tongue up a little bit, so I am uh, forced to enunciate a little bit differently to avoid pain. So uh, I'm not in extreme pain, but it is uncomfortable, so I will... Uh, Fortunately, the biggest feature of the show, the live listener consultation, was recorded prior to this happening on Friday. So, um, again, don't worry about me. I'm fine. I should get this fixed no later than Tuesday when my dentist opens back up. But my voice will sound a little weird on today's show. So, what's up for this week's show? As always, we open with the forecast for the next seven days and a preview of the following week. And our live listener consultation is with Sally. She's got a ton of energy hitting her natal Mars, Venus, and Sun, with Pluto approaching conjunction and Uranus squaring. And we hit some other things in her chart as well. And I believe for the first time, I do a planetary invocation on the show. She and I actually invoke transiting Pluto and Uranus and Chiron um, to her natal Venus and Mars. So uh, you'll actually get to hear and perhaps feel the energy of what planetary invocation does. I also refer to this as shamanic astrology. So, an unusual live listener consultation. Hope you enjoy that. And that will be our show for this week. So, let's move on to our forecast. What's new this week? We have Jupiter entering Leo. That's an annual event of importance. Saturn's turning direct. And then there's a variety of other events, including Chiron Square Juno, the Sun Square Mars, Venus entering Cancer, and Mercury trying Neptune. Rather, a hodgepodge of events this week. As far as what's old, we have a waning moon. We have five aspect patterns still in play, including a grand trine, a kite, a yacht, a T-square, and a stellium. I've talked about those on past shows. And we have four retrograde planets, Saturn through July 20th, and longer-term retrogrades are Pluto, Neptune, and Chiron. So now, let's move on with our individual days of the week. On Monday, July 14, we open with a void moon that's kicking in at 3.23 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time, and it resolves as the moon enters Pisces. That's going to be at 10.41 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. The moon in Pisces is a wonderful time to get connected to source more deeply and to uh, carry out your creative inspirations. On Tuesday, July 15th, we open with a Moon-Neptune conjunction. That's happening around 10.30 a.m., so for a few hours either side of that, same strategy as the Moon entering Pisces. Focus on spirituality and creativity. And if you feel any urges in this period toward escapism, uh, in general excessive use of substances, being the martyr, or feeling aimless and drifty, Refocusing on spirituality and creativity will make better use of those astrological energies that are creating that impulse. Also today, we have Uranus sextile Jupiter. 
Uranus at 16 Aries, and Juno at 16 Gemini. A great time to upgrade or reinvent your committed partnerships under this aspect. Wednesday, July 16th, we have a Moon-Chiron conjunction that's happening around 3 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. Good time to focus on mentoring and healing. Then we have our headline event for the week, Jupiter's entry into Leo here on Wednesday, July 16th. And that's happening at 6.30 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. This is one of 2014's biggest astrological events. Our solar system's largest gas giant projects its expansive energy into astrology's most diverse sign. So, what Leonine archetypes do you prefer? Leadership and the performer's spotlight? Children or being childlike? Speculation and risk-taking? Or just chillaxing? Whichever way you lean, your favorite Leonine flavors are available now through mid-August of 2015, since Jupiter only changes signs about once per year. Our final event on Wednesday, July 16, is a void moon kicking in at 8.58 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. On Thursday, July 17, the moon enters Aries, entering the void that started yesterday, and that happens just barely past midnight, 12.07 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. Good time for the Aryan activities of sexuality, leadership, and being a warrior for a worthy cause, and being physically active in general. Next up, Venus Quintal Uranus. Venus is at 28 Gemini. Uranus is at 16 Aries. Intuitive flashes can guide you in your relationships, creativity, and finances under this aspect. It's also a great time to take an unconventional approach in these areas. And with Venus in Gemini, creative writing gets a special boost. Also here on Thursday, we have Chiron Square Juno. Chiron, 17 Pisces. Juno, 17 Gemini. If you experience wounding in your committed relationships, consider it a golden opportunity to shed some of that heavy energy that's been weighing you down. Let this challenging manifestation of a Chiron Juno square serve you by calling for spirit to clear that negative energy once and for all, or at least this layer of it. You can do that with my seven-word healing invocation if you wish. Just talk to your higher self and say, Maximum healing that serves highest good, please. Then passively rest in breath awareness and watch what happens. Doing your inner work can make it easier for you and your partner to achieve more consistent harmony in your relationship. On Friday, July 18, a Moon-Uranus conjunction opens the day. That's around 4.30 a.m. So for a few hours either side of that, be sure to be your authentic self if you happen to be awake and follow your intuitive flashes and... Do some humanitarian service, if only in your dreams. Also today on Friday, Venus enters Cancer. She's going to be there through August 12. This opens the door to greater family harmony, financial security, creative sensitivity, and more. And we close Friday with a void moon kicking in at 10.18 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. If you don't already know, void moons are times when all things being equal better not to launch a major project or make a major purchase until the moon is safely into its next sign. Let's check the weekend out. Saturday, July 19, we open with Mercury trine Neptune, Mercury at 7 Cancer, and Neptune at 7 Pisces. Why depend solely on the circumscribed capabilities of your rational mind when the infinitely deep wisdom of the universe is available through your intuition? While this is always true, Accessing cosmic knowledge is made easier than usual by a flowing Mercury-Neptune trine. Next up, the Sun squares Mars. Sun, 27 Cancer, 
Mars, 27 Libra. Powerful urges in the areas of leadership, pioneering, sexuality, and fighting the good fight can arise with the sun square Mars. So can anger and rash impulsiveness. But focusing on a planet's life-affirming qualities leaves it less energy to express its more challenging side. With the sun in Cancer, plenty of energy is available for improving your family situation. And we end the day with that void moon wrapping up. The moon enters Taurus at 4.43 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. Moon in Taurus has a great time for sensuality, just being. Sensuality meaning not just sex, but indulging the five senses in any way that's pleasurable for you. And maybe taking a slower pace. Taurus is the slowest pace sign of the zodiac. On Sunday, July 20th, Saturn turns direct, another of our major events of the week. Saturn has been retrograde since March 2nd, turns direct today at Scorpio, 16 degrees, 38 minutes. New beginnings in maturity, discipline, time management, acting as the wise elder, and plan the work, work the plan, productivity are supported. Any sensitive natal points in your chart between 13 and 20 degrees in the fixed signs, Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius would be receiving a potentially challenging conjunction, square, or opposition from stationing Saturn, possibly for several months. The later it is toward 20, the longer it's going to last. If challenge arises in the life areas represented by these natal points, embodying the life-affirming Saturnian qualities in the prior paragraph can help you master the situation. Also today, we have two aspect patterns. We start with a T-square with Mercury, Uranus, and Pluto. Mercury's hard aspect alignment with the multi-year Uranus-Pluto square creates this dynamic T-square starting today. Open yourself to new ways of thinking or communicate your revolutionary message as this aspect pattern peaks on July 23rd and wraps up on July 26th. With Mercury and Cancer, what changes would serve the highest good in the areas of family, security, and nurturing? We also have a grand trine made up of Mercury, Saturn, and Chiron. Mercury is also the focal member of this aspect pattern starting today. This harmonious grand trine, also including Saturn and Chiron, supports mental health, healing words, and practical mentoring. It peaks on July 25th and ends on July 29th. So that ends our seven days of the week. Looking ahead to the week of July 21st, we've got quite a lot going on. The sun will enter Leo, and there will be a new moon in Leo. Uranus will turn retrograde. Mercury is busy making aspects to Pluto, Uranus, Saturn, and Chiron. And then another little mishmash of things. A Sun-Jupiter conjunction, Venus trine Neptune, Mars entering Scorpio, and Jupiter and Chiron making a sesquiquadrate, a square and a half. So please tune in next week, and I'll be here as always to tell you the best use of these astrological events. You can hear my weekly forecast every week on This Week in Astrology, but would you also like to get a free, concise version in writing? How about having it pop into your inbox every week? How about occasional bonus articles on astrology, healing, spiritual awakening, and more? That's what you'll get with AstroShaman's free weekly email newsletter. To subscribe, go to astroshaman.com. You'll see the newsletter sign-up form near the top of the sidebar. And if you like to calculate your own astrology charts, why not use the world's leading Windows astrology software and get it for the lowest price available? AstroShaman is an authorized dealer for SolarFire Gold, which can also run on your Mac. To learn more or place your order, visit astroshaman.com. From there, click on Products in the menu bar and choose SolarFire Software from the drop-down menu. 
a free weekly forecast newsletter, and the best available price on solar fire gold. Two great reasons to visit astroshaman.com right now. I have fewer announcements this week than last since two of the events have passed. Information on everything that follows is in the What's New section of the homepage of astroshaman.com. August 1st through 4th, the Lovolution Gathering is going on near Asheville in the National Forest. Kimberly and I will lead a shamanic awakening process. There will be a whole weekend full of really sweet high vibration events. Check that out. I'm also going to immerse participants into two unique forms of shamanism as part of Soul Journeys events near Asheville on Saturday, August 16, and Sunday, August 17. Both are full-day events I'm participating in. Saturday, I'm doing Shamanic Astrology, Planetary Invocation for Harmonious Living as part of that day. And on Sunday, Kimberly and I will once again do a Shamanic Awakening Ceremony as part of the healing experience that Soul Journey is putting on that day. Again, check the website for more information. Uh, my YouTube video forecasts are still going up every week now with chart graphics. My Tuesday night shamanic awakening meetup recently changed the start time. It now starts at 7.15 U.S. Eastern Time and goes till 9. You can join us by phone on a conference call if you can't be here in person. That's by love offering. And that's all of our announcements this week. Short and sweet. Welcome to our live listener consultation. This week I'm delighted to have on the show Sally. Uh, Sally, welcome to This Week in Astrology. Thanks, Benjamin. And uh, let me confirm, as I always do with anyone I work with, what your natal data is. I show that you're born January 8, 1962, 3.35 a.m. in Olivet, Missouri. Is that correct? That's right. And for those who don't already know how that city is spelled, it's O-L-I-V-E-T-T-E. If anyone wants to run their own chart, as always, with every listener consultation and every part one chart I do, I always post the chart on thisweekinastrology.blogspot.com under the episodes, so those visuals are always available on the web. So, Sally, um, what would you like to talk about today? Well, I'm Pluto's girl, and as we know, Pluto's <laughs> the star of the show right now. Um, he's started a transit over all of my major stuff, so he's already conjuncted Mars and touched on Venus, and he's just... He's probably going to be with me for a long time yet to come because I've got a bunch of stuff squished. But not only that, Pluto rules my chart, and he's conjunct my midheaven, so I'm just really interested in what that bad boy has got in store for me. He's already made some big changes in my life with all of these squares with Uranus, um, and I'm, I'm ready for some of the blessings that are supposed to come with this, like the... <laughs> like the wealth and power stuff. Uh -huh. So I'm hoping you can uh, help me shore up some blind spots, spot some opportunities, something. Okay. Help me, help me get along better with my best bud, Pluto. Okay, all right, let's do that. And I'm even getting intuitively we might want to actually invoke him. Would you be open to actually doing a planetary invocation here if it feels right? Yes, I've done that in the past, but it's been quite a while, so yeah, that'd okay, be great. Okay, good, yeah. Uh, those are starting to phase into my work a little bit more than usual, so we'll see if that wants to happen. So just so listeners have a sense of what you mean by a lot of Pluto, um, Pluto right now, of course, is transiting in Capricorn. And uh, let me just check where he is today. Hang on a sec. So right now, Pluto is transiting right around 12 Capricorn. And you, Sally, of course, have a stellium right in that neighborhood. You have 
Mars, Venus, and the Sun all clumped within six and a half degrees of Capricorn. Mars is at 11 degrees, five minutes. Venus is at 13 degrees, four minutes. So they're just about two degrees apart. Then the sun's a little further along at 1738 degrees. Again, that's 17 degrees, 38 minutes. Again, that's all in Capricorn. So the, the heart of the matter right now is that Pluto is conjunct Mars and Venus. Um, he hasn't really started to put the serious pressure on your sun yet, but that will be coming in the next couple of years. So, um, now, why, now, of course, Venus and Mars are important because they are personal planets. Uh, but in your chart, um, they have additional meanings. You have Scorpio rising. You have Scorpio rising at 26 degrees, 44 minutes. Mars is the ancient ruler of Scorpio. So Mars isn't just Mars. It's your chart ruler representing the impression you send to the world. And if Scorpio is on the ascendant, then the opposite sign, Venus, must be on the descendant, the seventh house cusp. So with Taurus, what I, I meant to say Taurus there. Taurus is on the cusp of the seventh. Venus rules Taurus, and you have Mars and Venus tightly conjunct. So basically, this Pluto conjunction, in addition to all the other effects it's having, is powerfully affecting your ascendant and your descendant, both the core of the image you send out to the world and the lens you see the world through, and all of your key relationships. Does that sound about right? Nothing important. <laughs> no, only the most powerful transit of your lifetime. <laughs> and I'm probably not exaggerating. I mean, you know, to have Pluto conjunct all these at the same time as Uranus is squaring them. I mean, the Uranus-Pluto square is one of the most powerful events of anyone's lifetime who's alive right now. And for you to have it line up on three critical personal planets directly is, is really something. So I would imagine this would be a tremendously transformative time in your life. In fact, um, so in fact, you, you in your email actually gave me a listing of all the things that were happening around the first four exact squares of Uranus and Pluto. Do you mind if I share that with, with the folks? Go ahead. Okay, or would you rather see it, say it yourself? Um, sure. The, the first one back in June of 2012, I, I sold my first novel to a publisher. Okay. And the second one, um, I decided to indie publish some additional work. And, and that uh, was, uh, I, also, I also realized I needed to downsize my house. I couldn't afford my house anymore. Ah. That was, that was September 2012. Okay. Uh, then May of last year, I was trying to finalize a second book contract, and I was able to work a trade agreement uh, with a book marketing coach to help me with my book sales, and I traded tarot readings with her. Ah. So that was fun. Nice. And let's see, the November 1, 2013, I got a release date for my second book. Yay. And I got a chance, I got offered a chance to lead a tarot workshop, which was big fun because my North Node is in Leo. Uh, so, so you're not being ironic. You really did enjoy that, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, that was, oh, that was <laughs> awesome. Cool. Okay. So it sounds like um, the timing of the Uranus-Pluto squares is doing really nice things for you. You're having all these opportunities. You're publishing. You're getting out there. So am I correct in seeming to feel like 
the this Uranus Pluto square has had some really lovely effects for you? Oh yes, okay, definitely. Good. Okay, good. But uh, not not financially. Ah, financially, <laughs> it's, the, the pinch is really really rugged. Okay, I understand. So, um, so the core of your question is when's the money coming, and how can we convert these transits from just fun opportunities into actually money in your pocket, right? Right, because my old career, I just, I just can't stomach it anymore. Can't do it. And what's that? I used to. Uh, I was a full-time advertising copywriter. Hmm. Can't do it. I take some freelance work, but these days, it's I either have to be excited about the project or really enjoy the client who's asking me to do it. Hmm. So you're not willing to be just the uh, the commercial drone doing anything I, anymore. Yeah, doing something for just for money, it just doesn't work for me anymore. I can't mm. do it. Good for you. That I think that shows some real spiritual evolution for you. Congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> and I and that was not meant to be implying that things were worse in the past. I mean, anyone who does that, I would say the same thing. You know, you know, I've I've actually had people suggest to me from time to time, well, why don't you go get a day job? And and I just said that's not what I'm here for. <laughs> I'm here to do astrology and healing and all the things I'm doing. So uh, I, I've, I have found that when I insisted on doing what I'm here to do, the universe found a way to support me doing it. And I think that's true for anybody who really devotes themselves to what their passion is. So, um, so let's see if we can find a way to make that work for you. Um, awesome. Let's start with the fact that... Um, you know, if it's a career question, I know all the juice is on these planets and, and there is some correlation because, you know, Venus is money and Capricorn is the natural sign of career. But um, what I'd like to look at first is a more standard career setup and see what's being indicated there. Are you OK with that? Yeah. OK. So we have a midheaven at nine degrees, 15 minutes Virgo, and we have Pluto tightly conjunct that midheaven uh about about half a degree away nine degrees 56 yes. minutes so the first thing we want to look at is are there any transits to that that might be interesting and we do in fact have one the transiting planet neptune has begun the energetic opposition to the midheaven were you aware of that no yeah so i mean right now neptune is retrograde at seven degrees 19 minutes i think it's stationed around seven and a half not long ago and and that means it was not even two degrees off opposition to Midheaven. So I think in terms of career, that's probably where we should start because that's okay. the most direct hit to a career point. Um, now, just to, to uh, do the analysis properly, we have um, two other, we need to look at rulers of the Midheaven too. I mean, most everyone agrees that Mercury is a ruler of Virgo. Mercury is basically at one degree Aquarius and there's not much happening well, there's nothing happening with slow planets there, except Jupiter is about to make an opposition, but that's going to come and go in a matter of weeks, and that might be a timing blip, but that's not a stage setter. Are you familiar, Sally, with the way I distinguish between stage setters and activators in transits? Stage setters are slower planets, and then they get triggered by somebody faster, is that right? Exactly. So, you know, I've, if I see Mercury being opposed by Jupiter, and I know Mercury's a mid-heaven ruler, that might look exciting. But at the speed Jupiter's traveling, it's going to come and go in a matter of weeks. And without a slow planet holding energy onto Mercury for two to three years, that's probably not going to be a major career event. 
you know, the Jupiter opposition alone is not enough to make that significant. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying it never happens, but it's it's less likely, okay? So okay. so the thing that really interests me is we have um and, and oh the other planet I use to rule Virgo is Chiron. Now, this is controversial. A lot of people don't believe Chiron rules anything, and some people think it rules things other than Virgo. But I have used Chiron as a Virgo ruler for years, and it seems to hold water for me. It just makes sense to me that the Virgo, the sign that is most about healing and health, would have a natural correlation with Chiron, which is the planet of healing and wounding. So uh, to me, there's a natural archetypal resonance between those guys. And hang on while I turn this device off that's making noise. Hang on a second. Okay. So I would also posit that Neptune is conjunct your Chiron at 3 degrees 25 minutes Pisces. It's not going to be exactly conjunct anymore, but it has been on it. So right. the way I interpret things, I have Neptune hitting two points that relate to Midheaven. It's opposing the Midheaven itself, warming up, and it's now separating from the conjunction to Chiron which I would view as one of the rulers of your midheaven. Does that make sense? Right. Okay. So to me, the first place to look is what does Neptune do? And Neptune's job is to spiritualize or dissolve. So so the effect, so what? what is it you're mainly doing for a living now? What's your main income source? Or is there one? <laughs> I've, I've been I've been living on a small uh, retirement savings fund that I'd put by a while ago. Okay, so uh, not so so since you, I assume when you were an advertising copywriter, you had a steady income then, right? Yeah. Okay, but since then there has been no significant income except in fits and starts, maybe. Correct. Okay. All right. So the question I would have to ask is: Are you using law of attraction? Okay, so so you are holding the vision regularly of the kind of income you want to be having and how you want to be earning that income. You're holding that, you're visualizing that at least daily? As, as best as I can visualize it. Okay, so you're saying you don't have a clear vision of it? Correct. Okay, well, let me, let me give you an image I use sometimes. A waiter walks up to you at a restaurant and he says, what would you like, ma'am? And you say, oh, I don't know, bring me some kind of food, I guess. Okay, that waiter has no idea what to do. <laughs> he really needs you to be specific. And I think the universe operates the same way. If you haven't given the universe a clear vision and image of what you want, it it has no idea what to bring you, and thus it doesn't bring you much. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So in my own life experience, um, when I finally got on track with life purpose at the age of 41, I quit my corporate sales job, and I moved to Asheville, North Carolina to be a singer-songwriter. And that, that was a really strong vision of being a singer-songwriter. Turned out to be the wrong path. But Spirit, once I had momentum up and I was on the express track for singer-songwriter, Spirit then was able to shift me first into astrology, which I still do and love. And the fact that I had strong momentum towards some kind of vision, the one that I most believed in at the time, enabled me to get enough momentum that Spirit could easily shift me onto the more appropriate track. Does that make any sense? So uh, I know we're here to talk about you and not me, but this illustrates a key principle, which is um, you need to develop momentum towards something, even if it's the wrong thing. 
because once you have momentum, once you are putting a lot of energy and focus and time into striving towards some kind of career goal in this case, then you have them enough momentum that spirit will find it easy to shift you onto what you're actually supposed to be doing, even if you don't know what it is yet. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. So do you feel like you're, you, are you in a high momentum phase right now? Um, I, some days it feels like, <laughs> but uh, some days I just want to take a nap. Okay. But, but overall, would you say that most days you have a clear vision of what it is you're striving toward and you're applying a lot of energy toward accomplishing that? Um, I'm, I'm more successful with the imagining what I'm striving toward than I am at being, making consistent, uh, energy toward it. Okay. Now, is that some actual lack of energy that's like a medical problem or is that just a motivational consideration? It's, well, if you can consider menopause a medical problem, but. Uh, well, I mean, I understand that can be very. That can really take a lot of energy out of you, and you only have so much energy to spare for, you know, things outside of your own internal process, right? Yeah, some days, definitely. Yeah, I mean, the word pause is there for a reason, right? <laughs> it's, it's, hard, it's hard to get sleep sometimes. So okay. All right, so, but but it sounds to me like you're, tell, you're saying, I do have a clear vision of what I want. Do you, do you have the goal in mind? Is that true? Yes, I could probably define the particulars of it, but I've got the feeling state, yeah. You say you cannot define the particulars? Or you can? In, in, in terms of actual finances, I don't have the particulars, no. In other words, you haven't given the universe a dollar amount of what you want to earn. Correct, Correct. Okay. yeah. Well, right. I'm back to the waiter who you tell him, bring me some kind of food. Um, let me recommend then that, see... You've got so much power going on. You know, we're starting with Neptune, but let's remember we have Pluto, the Lord of Wealth, on Venus, the planet of money. So the opportunity for money is, is quite clear. But if you don't name the amount, the universe does not know how much to give you. Gotcha. So you need to name a number. Now, with Law of Attraction, the basic idea is you want to aim high, but you have to be able to believe it. If you if you said, okay, I'm going to make $10 million next year, you know, your ego might have a tough time believing that, right? So you need to say maybe the amount is 30000 or 50000 or 70000 you know, some number that you think, yeah, I could, I could see that. I could imagine a realistic scenario in which I could actually make that much in a year or in a month or whatever, you know, time frame you give yourself. So name a number. You know, stretch a little, but make sure you actually believe it's possible. Because if you don't believe it at the ego level, that's going to create a really big block. Okay? So with Law of Attraction, a lot of time people have to start with smaller goals that seem real easy and achievable. And then as they gain confidence by actually achieving the goals, they start, you know, getting a little more ambitious with their goal setting. Okay? So what I see is absent with you so far is the you know, not just the clear vision of what you're doing, but the amount you need. So I will, my belief is that if you get clear with a number and you are then regular, like morning and night, holding the vision of that and keeping that number in your mind and seeing that number in your bank account and seeing yourself doing the kind of things you would be doing when you make that much money, you know, the lifestyle you would have, 
I'll make that part of the visualization. Then the universe will try to say, oh, I get it. That's what she wants. Okay, I can give you that. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Because, you know, you know I'm, I'm a shamanic healer, and I have an animistic worldview. I believe that everything is alive. Even the music stand my paper is sitting on is alive. The microphone is alive. You know, everything has consciousness because it's all God, okay, in more or less dense form. So the universe is alive, and, it's, and we are all interconnected with all things at all times. So when you visualize, when you imagine, the universe hears you. The universe hears and knows everything you do. Okay. It knows when you are sleeping. It knows when, you know. <laughs> so the, you're always in communication with it, whether you're conscious of it or not. So it knows when you set a number. It knows when you're holding a vision. Okay. So um, is this helping? Is this concept, you know, encouraging for you here? Yeah, that's, it's really, uh, it's clarifying to, to remember that, that a number, an actual concrete number would really be a nice key. Yeah. And that will, you know, the universe then knows what to deliver. You know, right. so place your order. Imagine the waiter coming up the table and, and instead of saying, oh, some kind of food, say, you know what? I want the broiled cod with a splash of lemon and I want a side of lightly, stime, lightly steamed asparagus with some, um, with some brag sprinkled on it and a little bit of garlic. And a small sprig of parsley on the side. <laughs> be specific. You can't be too specific. Because the universe, even if it doesn't bring you exactly what you asked for, it'll get as close as it can. Okay. Now, I want to I wanna dig in a little deeper as far as what you want here. Another important concept in law of attraction work is uh, realizing what is the end and what is the means to the end. Okay. This is a really important concept not everybody gets. So... My, let me just ask the question right up front. Okay, what is it in career that you really want as the final end result of your of your efforts? You mean what, how am I making my money? No, 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 I, no, 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 no. How, how I'm going to be living? No, I said what. In other words, is it you want to be making a certain amount of money? Is it you want to be doing a certain thing? Is it you want to feel a certain way? What is your actual goal here? What is the end goal that all the other steps lead to that is your actual fundamental desire? Oh, it's, it's mostly about what, how I'll be feeling and, and uh, what I'll be doing while I'm feeling that way. Okay, and what is the feeling you want? I, I want to feel uh, expansive and confident and open. Okay. And uh, are you? And is there? Are you willing to do anything that makes you feel that way, or is there a specific career activity that you want to lead to that feeling? Um, speaking. Speaking. Yeah. Speaking. speaking and partly it's like in author events and stuff. Okay. Just speaking is good. Okay. So you want to be up in front of people? Yeah. And are you talking about people in a physical room? Or are you talking about, you know, uh, TV webcasts or TV shows or radio shows? Is it in person or is it virtual? It, it's in person. Okay. So you want to be there in the room with them. Okay. Yeah. And, and do you know how many people you want there in the room? Well, at least 
five. Yeah, the biggest crowd I've had so far has been about 50. Okay, but what's Um, the number you actually want in your dream? I'm thinking three to 500 at a time. Okay, and is what you're speaking about important in the mix here? Could it be anything at all, or is there a particular topic that you want to be talking about? I don't have a specific topic now. Okay. So so why is it you want to be in front of these people then? Um, I, I like the seeing people's faces light up when they when they get it or when we make a connection. Okay. So now you have now you have a Leo North Node, and the Leo is the performer in the spotlight, which is the archetype you're zooming in on here. Um, the Sun, of course, reflects that as well, and Pluto approaching your Sun is is bringing that perhaps desire for you know charisma and power in front of people. Do you is the juice for you receiving the applause and energy from the people, or is the juice you flowing the energy to them? What's the what's the big juice for you? Um, it's it's kind of what I imagine a teacher in a classroom gets of of by being of service and and communicating in a way that the audience can connect with. They they light up, and as they show their appreciation, I like that. But it's not about the applause, it's about the connection. So what I, what I feel you saying is it's more about you being the conduit of information and energy that helps them, that's the big thrill for you? Yes. Okay. All right, good. That, that is, you know, I've, one thing I've, you know, conceptualized is there's a lower and higher way to do Leo. The, the less evolved way of Leo is the one who is, you know, wanting to suck the energy from the audience and they just get filled up with the adulation and it, and it makes their ego feel good. The more evolved Leo is the one who is already connected to source enough that they realize they don't need it from anything outside themselves because they have all the energetic support they need within. And then the desire changes over to, well, wow, how can I flow this light out so others can benefit from it? And it sounds more like you're in that latter phase, right? Right. I, well, with all my Aquarius and, and Aquarius self node, mm. <laughs> I yeah. think I must have had a lot of time mastering Aquarius. <laughs> and just so our listeners know, you have Mercury, Jupiter, the Moon, and the South Node in Aquarius. So there's a lot just of Aquarius too. Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. We'll be right back with the rest of our live listener consultation. How much valuable astrological information can you get for just $15? Far more than you might expect, thanks to the Time Passages Natal Report. This is by far the best natal computer report I've ever seen. It provides an extraordinary depth of interpretation with a consistently positive tone. A computer report can never replace a human astrologer, but the Time Passages Natal Report will provide you with a wealth of insights into your natal chart. It can also serve as a great introduction to astrology or help anyone understand themselves better. I was amazed at how much I learned about myself from its insightful interpretations. The Time Passages Natal Report also makes a unique and affordable gift for all occasions. To learn more or place your order, visit astroshaman.com. 
From there, click on Products in the menu bar and choose Computer Reports from the drop-down menu. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. How much valuable astrological information can you get for just $15? Order your risk-free Time Passages Natal Report and find out. So basically, I don't want to spend forever on the Law of Attraction, but I think you're getting my drift, okay? Yeah. The, the more specific you are, the better it works. And if, if, there's, if there's money involved, name the number. And, and, and really think through what is the thing I'm really going for. What is the, the, the means to the end? What is the actual end? For you, it sounds like the end is being a speaker in front of hundreds of people and being the conduit for the energy and information that will really serve them in some wonderful way. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And by the way, I need to make a living at it too. Yes. <laughs> so, so again, and, and you can choose to, and if the real juice, it sounds like the juice is not really about the money for you. It's about getting in front of people and helping them. Is that the real motivator for you? Uh, yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's, that's also why I write books. That's the stories that I tell. I, I need to tell them, and I know that there are people out there who would really enjoy them. Right. Because, you know, I, I take it as an axiom, if you, the author, are inspired to write a certain thing, then it's because there are people out there who are ready to receive it and will benefit from it. Um, there's an axiom that you may have heard. It says, every individual is born in response to a need of the collective. Nice. And your, your creative inspiration is not just for you. It's for others who will benefit from what you do. Okay? So... So hopefully that's a little helpful around the whole law of attraction uh, topic. Do you have any questions on that before we move to our next um, phase here? No, that was good. Thanks. You're welcome. And let me just check something. Oh, look. No, well, let me check. Uh, not quite. I was wondering if there was a small connection between Neptune and Saturn in your chart, but not quite. That's okay. <laughs> okay, but um, that's not required for for what we're talking about to work. Everyone, you know, the fact is that um, everyone is using law of attraction all the time, whether they know it or not. The fact, you know, as I've observed in my shamanic ceremonies, every thought and every word becomes a little protoplasmic being whose sole function becomes to make physically real the image of that thought. So we're all putting out our law of attraction all the time. And when you realize that conscious focus and um, deliberate repetition with emotional power and specificity is done, then you can really bring some things in with remarkable speed. So, well, 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 transiting Saturn has just been making a conjunction to my Neptune. That's true. So you've got you've got that working for you. Uh, now he's going to be around um, not much longer, just a uh, two or three more months, I think. Um, but Saturn on Neptune is an absolute law of attraction transit. So you've got a few more months of, of extra momentum. But to me, the, the even stronger one is Neptune. See, Neptune and Saturn, I actually have an article on my website called An Astrological Signature for the Law of Attraction, and it describes how, in a nutshell, Neptune is the visualizing and imagining, and Saturn is the crystallization and manifestation principle. So to have Saturn on Neptune is very juicy around that. Um, but it's even juicier to have Neptune, the visualization imagination planet, you know, opposing the midheaven for the next probably three or four years. 
so that you've got a long-term play. The the point I want to make, coming back to the astrology a little bit more, is Neptune, you know, left to its own devices with a hard aspect in opposition, is as likely to dissolve as to, um, you know, spiritualize. So the the belief I hold about astrology is if you just don't work with the planets at all, you have to take what you get. You know, if Neptune decides to dissolve something you wanted, then you can't really complain because you didn't partner up with Neptune to, to get its help, right? Yeah. But if you understand that Neptune is visualization and you know what's opposing your midheaven, then you know, hey, it's time for me to get on the ball and very precisely and with strong emotion visualize exactly the kind of career setup I want. And then you are much more likely to get it. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay, so I think I've beat that point to death sufficiently. <laughs> okay, so um, let's touch briefly on Pluto on Venus, which is an extremely strong transit for you right now. Venus, of course, is money. Um, that's one of her core meanings. Pluto can be great wealth, as I've mentioned already. So with Pluto on Venus, um, again, left to its own devices, it can go either way. Uh, Pluto on Venus can bring great wealth or it can actually bring you absolute impoverishment because Pluto is generally one extreme or the other. So once again, um, it would be good to invoke Pluto. Um, and, and this one seems especially important. But again, um, if you do so, you can invoke wealth in general, but it's even better if you invoke an amount, which I've actually never done with a planetary invocation. But would you like to actually do this with me right now? And, and you listeners who are, are doing this, um, if you'll relax and feel the energy of what we're doing, you should be able to feel it even on this recording. So see if you feel the juice of what happens here as Sally calls in Pluto and Venus and then receives the energy of this. And, and this won't take a super long time. These, these can be pretty quick since we're doing a very simple version of a planetary invocation. So are you okay to do that, Sally? Yes. Okay. And let me mention very briefly, um, Anyone who's interested in learning more about the type of shamanic astrology I do, which is basically planetary invocation, there is a book that came out last year where I have a chapter on that subject, and in it I literally put everything I know about how I do shamanic astrology, planetary invocation. The book is called Transpersonal Astrology Explorations at the Frontier. Uh, there are 15 or 16 chapters. There are 15 or 16 different authors, and mine is the second to last chapter in the book. They can, you all can read an excerpt, the first little bit of the chapter on my site, astroshaman.com. Just go to products, and then under that is Transpersonal Astrology Book. And from there, you can link to purchase it on Amazon if you want to. So uh, just so people can go deeper if they want to, since they're about to have the experience. Okay, so, um, and uh, now again, to do formal um, uh, shamanic astrology can be quite deep. Um, if we were going thoroughly into Venus, we would talk about her meaning as a planet. We would talk about the sign she's in, the house she's in, the aspects she receives from other planets, the houses she rules, and we might do similar things with the transiting planet Pluto. But for our purposes, we can keep it much simpler because we have a very specific goal. We want to increase money flow, right? Yes. Okay, and um, do you already in your mind have the amount? Okay, and uh, now again, it's funny. People will talk all day long about sex in their personal lives, but they totally clam up when it comes to money. <laughs> so are you comfortable naming the number here on the show, or would you rather silently say the number just so that the universe hears it and you don't have to say it out loud for everyone else to hear? Well, let's just say 
60,000 by this time next year. Okay, so you've named the number. Okay. All right, and this time next year means, again, be specific about that, too. So today is July 11th, 2014. Okay. All right, and now, again, is that net or gross? Let's make it gross. Okay. So the the challenge of that is if you grow 60000 and your expenses are 55000 that only leaves you five grand. So my recommendation is to name a net number. In other words, you say, I have this much money net, net, post-taxes. And that way the universe, you know, has a clear idea of what you actually want in your pocket. So the gross can, I mean, I mean, Amazon is a, is a perfect example. They gross God knows how many millions or, you know, tens of millions of dollars, and they make almost no money because their whole philosophy is to keep expanding and and not take a lot of profit to the bottom line. So I think you get the drift of why I recommend when you're using money, use the net net figure instead of the gross. Does that make sense? Okay. So how, how much do you want actually bottom line after all expenses and taxes are taken out? Well, let's keep the number then. <laughs> okay. So 60000 net net is what you want. Okay. So, all right. So I'm ready now to do this invocation with you. Are you ready? So, and by the way, the way, let me just give one more bit of explanation before we jump in. As we do shamanic astrology, I will be saying a few words. You'll be repeating them. This is like a wedding vow. When I first started doing this, I just said the words for the person, but I learned pretty quickly that it's better if they're saying it too. So I'm going to lead you, but it's actually you talking to the planets. And just to make it super clear, Venus and Pluto are conscious living beings. They absolutely are alive. They absolutely are conscious. They absolutely will hear you as you speak. And because all things are connected to all other things at all times through what you might call Indra's web, you know, you will be heard by these planets as you speak. Okay? Yeah. All right. So let's do some magic. So repeat after me. I now call Venus. I now call Venus. You are in Capricorn in my natal chart. You're in Capricorn in my natal chart. You represent money. Represent money. With Capricorn, money through business. Capricorn, money through business. You're even in my second house of money I earn through my own efforts. You're even in my second house of money I earn through my own efforts. I want money. I want money. <laughs> I call upon you. I call upon you. To partner with me. To partner with me. So that by July 11, 2015. So that by July 11, 2015. I have earned $60,000 or more. I have earned $60,000 or more. Net, net. Net, net. Or receive the money. Or receive the money. In any other way. In any other way. That serves highest good of all. Hmm. I now call transiting Pluto. I now call transiting Pluto. Pluto, you are the lord of wealth. Pluto, you're the lord of wealth. You are conjuncting my natal Venus. Conjuncting my natal Venus. I call upon you now. I call upon you now. In partnership with natal Venus. In partnership with natal Venus. To bring to me $60,000 bring to me $60,000 net 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 
No later than July 11, 2015. No later than July 11, 2015. Through any means that serves the highest good of all. Through any means that serves the highest good of all. Hmm. Okay. Does that feel complete, Sally, for our purposes? Anything else you want to throw in there? That's good. Okay. So now we close by saying, let this now be so. Let this now be so. To the greatest extent. To the greatest extent. That serves highest good. Serves highest good. Starting now, thank you. Starting now, thank you. Pluto and Venus, please make these energetic shifts in me now. Pluto and Venus, please make these energetic shifts in me now. Okay. So, Sally, your job now is to release all those words and rest passively in your breath awareness. When I lead this process, I become really empathic. I'm feeling a lot of energy in my body. I assume you're also feeling a lot of energy in your body. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Good. So relax and allow. Your best strategy after invoking is just to passively feel the breath, enter and leave. Don't control the breath. Just allow it and just passively receive the blessing that is now pouring into you. What I'm perceiving um, shamanically is that the energetic blocks in you that have been blocking abundance are being transformed and opened. Um, it could be that during this process you may have strong challenging emotions or thoughts or even physical sensations arise as these dense blocking energies start to clear. So whatever happens, just continue resting passively in breath awareness. Keep returning to it if you get distracted and just allow the energy to do its work. And those of you who are listening to this, just relax and rest in passive breath awareness and see if you can tune into the energetics that are going on here. Even though this happened in the past in chronological time, it exists at all times in the Akashic Record, so its energy is always available for you to tune into. And you may just get some opening of financial uh, energies yourself by tuning into this clearing energy. So just relax and breathe. Okay, can you feel, Sally, that the energy is slowing down and softening? Good. It's so, pretty emotional at first, and it's yeah. calming. Okay, so so spirit knows that we're recording this for a podcast, and it knows that us breathing with the energy for like 20 or 30 minutes is not going to make for much of a radio show. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what just happened was a, what you might call a preview version. I mean, I felt some good energy work being done, and you said you felt some things clearing, right? Mm-hmm. So you can repeat the invocation anytime you want. You, you can't call it too often, okay? Nice. So if you still have any sense that there's more to be cleared, you can do this invocation of Pluto to Venus. Again, you've got a couple more years of Pluto on Venus, so you have plenty of time to do it. And, and by the way, Pluto next will conjunct your sun at 1738 Capricorn. And since the sun is a second house planet and the second house is earned income, you can do the same invocation there because any planet in a house can hold the meaning of the house. Does that make sense? Okay, good. So 
So you have years and years to do this. <laughs> cool opportunity. So, so this is an example of taking what's traditionally considered a challenge planet, Pluto. You know, many people consider him the big bad kahuna, right? But in fact, he can bring tremendous power and wealth. And, and let me give a corollary. Um, the best way to receive the fullest measure of Pluto's power is to surrender to divine guidance. Because when Pluto is conjuncting important planets, um, one way it can play is that Pluto becomes like a dictator, like you know Hitler or Darth Vader, and he says, my will be done. I want my way, and I don't care who I have to hurt or manipulate to get the ends I wish. You know, a very ruthless, cold, cunning sort of Pluto. But Pluto can also be exemplified in the charts of people like Gandhi and Nelson Mandela, and it can be, I surrender. The glyph of Pluto to me with the circle and the arc and the cross looks to me like a person raising arms to heaven and saying, I surrender. And uh, let me, the ego, be the vehicle for your divine work, beloved divine. Um, I often resonate when I say this on the a wonderful scene in the first original Star Wars movie where uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader are having a lightsaber battle on the Death Star. And they're trying to get to the Millennium Falcon, and, and, and Obi-Wan is fighting Darth Vader to create a distraction so they can get to the ship. And they fight, and then after a moment, Obi-Wan raises his lightsaber above his head and closes his eyes and says, If you strike me down now, I will become more powerful than you can imagine. And Darth Vader slices through him, and an empty robe falls to the floor. There's no Obi-Wan there. And Obi-Wan has, you know, become a... a a non-physical being he's become a spirit being and he says run luke run and you know then for the rest of the movies obi-wan is still a character but he's a non-physical character he's a spirit character and that's a metaphorical representation of what happens when you really go to the deepest level of pluto you surrender your attachment to sally your attachment to the ego that you are and you say spirit run me uh, the best i can i just want to be the vehicle you use for divine service and my experience and that of many people I know has been the more you surrender and just release into being guided intuitively and, and desiring to be of service that way, the more powerful you become. The power you have as a divine servant is just infinitely leagues beyond any power you could ever hold as a person who perceives them as a separate, isolated ego. I mean, it's just vastly increased. And the way it seems to work is you get access to more power uh, when you can be trusted to use it more responsibly. The more you've surrendered and are literally the vehicle for the divine will, the more power you can be trusted with. Does that make sense? Yes. So that's a little of my philosophy around Pluto. And um, thus, as Pluto is on your Venus and your Mars, um, both, you know, Mar Mars, by the way, as I mentioned, is your ascendant ruler. You have Scorpio rising, Mars is its ancient ruler. And Mars just naturally represents self anyway. So... It looks to me like you've had the opportunity to go through a really intense period of self-transformation, and you've got at least another year of that coming. And as Pluto hits Venus, you know, some of the more classic ways of interpreting that, Venus, of course, is others. So this could be powerful, transformative people coming into your life. On the high side, they could be very conscious people who have no desire to control you. They say, wow, let me catalyze your, your empowerment and your awakening. Okay. But it could also be control freaks coming in to try to dominate and control you. It could be coming in on the low side, too. 
So if that's the case, then you're being called to step into your power. And of course, to me, the ultimate source of power is surrendering and calling in the divine because the power you access that way is just leagues beyond anything you could do from egoic will. Does that make sense? And, and another flavor of this is since Venus is not only the natural ruler of others, but your second house ruler, or one of them, you have Gemini contained in the seventh, so Mercury acts as the seventh house ruler for you as well, but that's a side point. Um, it could be saying Pluto says, one of my jobs now is to, is to help you release or transform all the relationships that don't serve you anymore. Have you been finding a lot of people are moving out of your life in the last year or two who used to be close with you? Um, actually, I've been I've been crap out of my engine room for a really long time, so uh, I've I've taken care of most of that. So you'd already cleared the decks before this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In that case, the Pluto can work then just to bring people who are positive agents of transformation for you. That's great. Okay. okay good. Okay. So I just I just wanted to mention those not only for your benefit, but so the listeners could also get another perspective on how Pluto and Venus can operate. Um, and, and you're a fiction writer, right? Okay. Well, Venus is also the artist and one method of doing artistry is fiction writing. So Pluto, the ultimate planet of empowerment on Venus could mean you could do some of the most powerful creative work of your life as Pluto's on Venus. And of course, in your, in your case, that could be a direct link to success because if you write a really inspired book, you surrender to the Plutonian power and say, spirit write the book through me that will serve the highest good of everyone who reads it. And then you just sort of channel it more than write it. And then it might amaze you how a book unwritten in that kind of environment might really take off. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So that's another thing you might consider, um, you know, surrendering the writing and say to spirit, write through me, whatever, you know, needs to be out there right now. So that's another way you could play Pluto on Venus. So we've hit a number of, of parameters there. So any questions on the, the things we've covered there? Um, no. Okay, good. Backing up to um, the ascendant uh-huh. being ruled by Mars. You don't Pluto being the ruler of Scorpio? Yeah, Pluto rules it too. You know, I use both ancient and modern rulers in when I do astrology. So Pluto is the transiting ruler of the first, hitting the natal ancient ruler. So that's that's a huge empowerment of, I would say, transformation of your image. Um, in the last two or three years, you might have, have you transformed anything about how you show yourself to the world, either how you dress or your hair or your makeup or your mannerisms, anything? Has there been significant change in how people see you when they first meet you in the last few years? Oh. Oh, oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> I, I've, even, I've even changed my name. Whoa, okay, yeah. that's pretty significant. <laughs> okay, so that clearly has worked too. So there's always multiple levels here. And, and of course, Pluto on Mars, they're both sexual planets, so there could have been profound transformation of sexual energies. Um, sometimes Pluto on Mars can be a massive libido booster, and, um, and that, can, of course, can be very enjoyable with the right partner. So that's yet another way that can play out. Um, so, you know, we could we could dive into Pluto on Mars, but I'm somehow sensing that's not our main function today for your for your purpose. OK, so um, so I'm just checking in. We're now on my timer. We're at about at the 49 minute mark. So we've we've gone a little while already. Um, you know what we haven't what we really should wrap with if we 
we need to get to it. Uranus is squaring all of these planets too. So um, it would be a shame to talk about just about Pluto and not Uranus, who's also catalyzing all these planets you have in Capricorn. So as it turns out, Sally, Uranus is uh, mostly done with his squares to your Mars and Venus and Sun. He will come back and retrograde and, and square everybody exactly or energetically one last time. Um, and he'll be done with that by early spring of 2015. Now, I, I just misspoke, actually. He'll be done squaring Mars and Venus, but he will still have more time squaring the Sun. Um, but Mars and Venus are where Pluto's hanging out right now. So um, you'll have another you know, intensification of the energies of Mars and Venus throughout the, um, I'd say, through the fall and winter and early spring as, as Uranus retrogrades back. Um, now, there's also a trigger, you know, you talked about triggers, we talked about triggers, and uh, the next major trigger to these uh, Capricorn planets will be Mars, who begins energetically conjuncting his own natal position in early November, and then conjuncts Venus and then the Sun through most of November. He finishes up like the last week in November. So the month of November is going to be really strong, and that will give you extra juice and timing factors for activating any theme that relates to Mars or Venus or Sun in your second house in Capricorn. So any questions on any of that? Okay, good. Okay, so what I'm doing now is scanning to see is there anything else that is juicy around your question about career. And a point that we've, I think, touched on but not really emphasized is you know, there are three career houses. The 10th is the one most people look at, but the 2nd and 6th, all the earth houses, are also career-related. And the 2nd house has the specific meaning, the money I earn through my own efforts. And it's totally true that Pluto and Uranus working those personal planets in there is a huge opportunity um, for transformation. And I'm getting the idea that right now your situation is no real income coming in, so the only way to shift is upward, pretty much, right? Nowhere to go but up. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that makes it easier for the planets to decide that. But at the same time, you know, that can't be guaranteed. Your own efforts are required. Mm -hmm. So the tools that I would suggest for you to be a ac effective partner with the astrological energies that are in play to, to guarantee the best outcomes are to uh, do planetary invocation, you know, the planets that are transiting, you know, we did Pluto. You could also, you know, come the fall, you know, invoke Uranus, who's squaring Mars and Venus. When we get to November, when Mars conjuncts, you can, you know, invoke his transiting energy and call that in. So if you keep up with the timing, you can do appropriate planetary invocation at the times that the planets are stimulated, you know, along the style of what we did earlier. Um, and, and again, with Neptune opposing Midheaven and conjuncting Chiron, which I believe to be one of your Midheaven rulers, um, then Law of Attraction gets really juicy, and, and the discussion we had around Law of Attraction covers that. So those would be my main suggestions for you. You know, uh, take stock of the astrological realities and take appropriate measures to support the outcomes you desire based on that. And, and again, as we talked about, be specific give the universe a number, have the just most crystal clear, detailed vision of what you want. And as we discussed also, don't just think 
you know, loosely around this thing. What is the actual end, end result? Don't dictate the means by which the universe delivers it. You restrict your, you know, key visualization to the actual end result that's important to you. In your case, being a public speaker in front of hundreds of people is like the big end result that you're really shooting for here, right? And and being a good conduit of energy that really helps those people. Is that an, an accurate recollection of what you are really shooting for here? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. So so that's a, a just a sort of grand summary of what we've covered today. Do you have any questions about any of this, Sally? Uh, no, it's, it's awesome. It's a lot to take in. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, the podcast with this interview is going up in a day or two, so you'll have more than enough time to listen and soak it all in. And uh, I'm, I'm going to briefly bring in another factor, which is, I don't know if you're aware, but the progressed moon is about to hit your natal Mars and Venus and Sun as well. So there's another timer. Um, the progressed moon clicks along one month per year. It's going to hit Mars in about two and a half months, Venus in about five and a half months. And then the Sun mm, around 10 months from now. So in the next year, progressed moon will hit all three of these natal points, and that's going to add power, you know, because the progressed moon is the is the evolving mood of the soul. And you're going to really, you know, typically where the progressed moon is is where you have a strong desire to interact in that area. So so that's really juicy, in my opinion. Um, there is another slower progressed factor that I'm excited about, too. Your progressed ascendant is probably about a year and a half off conjunction to Mars. It's at 927 Capricorn, your Mars is at 11.5. So in about six months or so, the progressed ascendant should come within one degree of that conjunction. And Mars and the ascendant together is like more energy going out into the world of, of that public image. And, you know, it's a, like getting out there more aggressively is one way to think about it. So that's another lovely way to uh, to think about that particular progressed event. So when I studied your chart, I did all of it. I did, you know, solar arcs and progressions and all that. So those are the things that really jumped out at me as far as the, the juicy stuff. So any questions about any of that, Sally? I don't think so, no. Okay, good. Okay, in that case, uh, I think we're at a wrap-up point. So thank you very much for being on This Week in Astrology. Thanks for being so open and and working with me to, you know, not only help you, but help others benefit from the principles that they learned from our discussion. And it's been my pleasure, Benjamin. Thank mm -hmm. you so much. Okay, my pleasure. And I always close with a, with a question, which is, was I helpful today? <laughs> yes, you were. Thank <laughs> you. Okay, good. Okay, thanks again for being on the show, and I wish you infinite blessings. I offer three main services at Astro Shaman, astrology, shamanic healing, and awakening activation. All are equally effective in person or long distance. Choose one or combine two or more services during your session. Astrology offers insights into soul purpose, career, relationships, spirituality, timing, relocation, and much more. In Awakening Activation Sessions, I help you immerse into your own awakened state using simple, powerful invocations, then teach you how to refresh it on your own. Shamanic healing can reduce or eliminate physical, emotional, or mental issues, and usually results in significantly enhanced divine consciousness. I also offer Electional Astrology to help you pick the perfect date and time for any important event. And be sure to check out my free services page, where you can load up on free forecasts, podcasts, invocations, and music. 
Sliding scale payment is available by request. You can get a 20% discount during your birthday month, and gift certificates are always available. I work with clients all around the world by phone and Skype. You get a free digital recording of your session, and I accept PayPal and all major credit cards. Finally, my guarantee makes it risk-free. If you don't feel that your experience was helpful, it's free. For more information or to set an appointment, visit astroshaman.com, email info at astroshaman.com, or call 828-338-9852. I love my work, and I look forward to helping you. We're wrapping up another show. If you enjoy This Week in Astrology, please tell a friend or post or tweet about us or donate to support us at thisweekinastrology.com. You can link to our Facebook page and Twitter feed where I post daily forecasts from thisweekinastrology.com and astroshaman.com. You can listen to This Week in Astrology on your smartphone or tablet at stitcher.com and please subscribe through iTunes so that we can maintain our status as the number one audio astrology podcast on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening, and until next week, I wish you infinite blessings as the stars light your way. This Week in Astrology is copyright 2014 by Astro Shaman. All rights reserved, although enthusiastic sharing is encouraged. You can access our free comprehensive audio archive from thisweekinastrology.com. If you'd like me to illustrate the weekly forecast with your chart, please send me your date, time, and city of birth. This also gives you a chance to win a free session with me every time the seasons change. I welcome your personal questions for my live listener consultation segments. I also welcome your general astrology questions and feedback. Just email info at astroshaman.com. I look forward to making you a part of This Week in Astrology. Here's this week's index. The overview begins at 2 minutes 18 seconds. Monday, 3 minutes. Tuesday, 3.24. Wednesday, 4.09. Thursday, 5.10. Friday, 6.39. Saturday, 7.26. Sunday, 8.48. Next week's transits, 10.37. Announcements, 12.08. And our live listener consultation, 13.26. Thank you so much for listening to This Week in Astrology.